yeah. Um, oh, I, I, I love singing those types of songs. Don't you? Because you're focusing on the Lord. I mean, it's just, I, I just love singing those types of songs. I, I texted Abby, was it Thursday, I think? And I said, okay, I, I need a song, uh, Holy, Holy, Holy. I said, I need that song. I said, I don't care what version it is, I just need that song. And uh, so I'm, I'm thankful uh, that you, you were able to put that in. Okay, I'm taking that over. There we go. All right, here's my, here's my quiz. All right, now I'm going to keep it away from Chris right now. Okay, I, I, I think you know what it is. Okay, uh, Janelle should know because she had my notes right in front of her and all she had to do was look down. She, she's not nosy. Okay, what happened this week? Anybody know? Northern Lights. No. <laughs> Anybody else? Did, did we have the Northern Lights? We did? Well, I wish somebody would have told me. I would have looked at it. So, what? Yes! That's it. Is that it, Chris? That's it. Captain Kirk, William Shatner went into outer space. Now you're saying, who's William Shatner? Who all knows who William Shatner is? Raise your hand. Okay, younger people who don't know who William Shatner is. Okay, we got one. Okay, does this remind you of anything? All right, the, what is it? The Starship Enterprise. Now, in my growing up, okay, when I was your age, uh, we would always watch Star Trek. Okay, you're saying, whoopee-doo. No, 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 you don't understand. Star Trek was the beginning that was the beginning of I don't think you would have had Star Wars had you not had Star Trek okay now if you think about it here's Star Trek and all the stuff that they predicted that was going to happen for example who all had a flip phone alright how many of you played with that flip phone beam me up Scotty come on be honest you're all liars if you didn't do that oh come on none of you did that you know this whole church is in big trouble. Oh, we got one back there. Okay, okay. How many of you got a personal computer? Okay. Now, it wasn't until Star Trek The Next Generation that they do the laptops. But they did have a big computer screen. And how did you, how did you deal with the computer? Computer, tell me what the weather is today. How many of you do that now? Uh, Polly, yeah, Polly does that all the time. She goes, Alexa, what's the temperature? You know, 2 in the morning. Alexa, what's the No, she doesn't do that. But uh, how many of you do a FaceTime or Alexa calling where you're talking to your grandkids on a little screen about yay big? Come on, get that up in the air. Of course you do. That was all Star Trek. It all started way back then. And now... They didn't have the technology back then, but they, they started that a lot of the thinking that re resulted in that. Well, the captain of the Enterprise was Captain Kirk, William Shatner. William Shatner, I mean, if you, if you ever want to see overacting, watch William Shatner on Star Trek. And, you know, he gets shot and he goes, oh, and then he, he kind of melts away. Okay, now, on SpaceX rocket, this week, they shot him into outer space. 
Now, for me, that it was kind of an emotional thing because I grew up with William Shatner. Here's this guy that his whole life, he not his whole life, but he played a spaceship captain, and he finally was able to go into outer space. Now, I'm going to show this video. And at the beginning, it's going to be hard to hear because everybody's all excited to just came back. But let's try to hear what he says. Okay, here comes. Oh my God. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, you know, the, the little thing. To see the blue color. Now you're staring at the black. That's the thing. The covering of blue, this, this sheet, this blanket, this, com this comforter of blue that we have around. We think, oh, that's blue sky. And then suddenly you shoot through it all of a sudden. So you rip off a sheet off you when you're asleep. And you're looking into blackness, into black ugliness. And you're looking at the snake blue down there, and the black up there. And it's, it's just, there is mother of there's this soft blue. Look at the beauty of that color. And it's so thin. And you're through it in an instant. I hope I never recover from this. I hope that I can uh, maintain what I feel now. I, I don't want to lose it. It's so... It's so much larger than, than me and life. And it hasn't got anything to do with the little green planet, the blue orb, and the, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the enormity and the quickness and the suddenness of life and death. And the, That's amazing. I am, I am overwhelmed. I have no idea. I am overwhelmed. we have SpaceX now, and I want to put that in there, too. I, if it wasn't for Captain Kirk, I don't think he, we'd have SpaceX either. I'm just being honest with you. But think about this. Here's this man. He's going, I am overwhelmed. And he's he's 90 years old. I mean, I hope I'm like that at 90 years old, being able to go in outer space, okay? And, and he's 90 years old, and he's copping out of that. He's trying to explain everything, what he just saw. And he's overwhelmed. The, I didn't show you this. He was crying. He was emotional. And uh, it was, uh, for, okay, I, I know I'm getting a little excited here because I grew up with him. Everybody wanted to be Captain Kirk. What does this have to do with the sermon? A lot. Because in heaven, what are we going to be doing? We're going to be worshiping and we're going to be praising the Lord. And I know uh, somebody brought it up. I forgot about it. But Easter, I had, had you all put on the cross at Easter. What are your first words going to be when you get to heaven? Can you just, how do you describe this? How do you, how do you describe the undescribable? And, and he's, he, William Shatner's trying to get all these words out that he's trying to describe something he's never experienced before. And I think that about that in relation to us when, for those who know Jesus, where the, when, you, when you go into heaven for the first time, what are the words 
are you going to say? And I don't know. I, I, I've been, I've been, I, I know I've been toying with you a little bit. I'm thinking about writing a book on somebody who dies and goes to heaven, what, what he experiences in heaven. Just not what he sees, but, you know, throughout eternity, a little bit more than just that little experience. And, 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 I, and sometimes I think about what is heaven going to be like when I open up my eyes for the first time. And my ears as well. And, and, and I think about that and I think, I, I, I don't know, but I, I think sometimes all I'm going to hear is the rumbling the roar that makes an Ohio State football game seem like a birthday party. Um, I went to Ohio State one time and uh, had to visit somebody in the hospital at the, uh, um, at the cancer center there, and I talked to the nurses. This was right after Ohio State beat Michigan, and, which is a common thing anymore. But anyway, Ohio State beat, beat Michigan, and... Um, but Michigan was supposed to win. And I went up to the went up to the nurses and I said, Were you working that day when they played? And he goes, Oh yeah. He said, Did you did you watch the game? Oh, we couldn't. We were too busy. Did you know we won? They go, Oh. They <laughs> said the roar was deafening. And I uh, that roar that came through there. And I and I think about that when, when when we get to heaven and we got the billions of creatures there and why do i say creatures because we know there's going to be angels there worshiping god and we know that we're go there's going to be christians that are going to be there worshiping god and so what is it going to be like and i just think it's going to be the roar it's going to make us with the german heritage that are very non-emotional start dancing the jig because i think we're going to be also overcome with emotion and so well, I, I want us to go I was going to read Hebrews chapter 10, but it's not quite going that way. So let's go to Revelation chapter 4. And I want to talk about what is it going to be like when we see heaven? How are we going to describe it when we see heaven? And because we know, you know, we're all going to be given that opportunity to see heaven one way or another through the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and, and we know that, you know, we're going to go into eternity one of two ways. The one way we're going to go into eternity is through our death. And the next way we might go through eternity is through the second coming of Jesus Christ. When that happens, we do not know. But I will tell you that the majority of humanity will experience eternity through, the, through our, our, our death. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. We know we like the idea of Jesus coming back. Let's be very honest. We all want to see Jesus come back, but, and we all want to see Jesus, and we all want to see heaven, but we don't, want, we don't want to go through the process of getting there, right? So if we go to Revelation chapter 4, this is John, the Apostle John, and he's, he's experiencing a vision into heaven. He's on an island of Patmos, which is essentially like an Alcatraz, it's an island that's a prison island on there, and you stay there and until you die or until they come and get you because he's in prison on there. He's, uh, he has a vision, and he's going on uh, of heaven, and this is what he's writing down. He says, Revelation chapter 4, After I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was the throne in heaven, and someone sitting on it. 
And the one who sat on had the appearance of jasper and ruby and a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 elders and seated on them were 24, or 24 thrones and seated on them were 24 elders. And they were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And in front of the throne were seven lamps were blazing. And there the seven, they were the seven spirits of God. And so... And also in front of the throne, it looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. Imagine seeing that. The series that we're, we've been in is learning to think, love, and act like Jesus. And then within that series is a mini-series entitled, Learning to Praise Him. Learning to Praise Him. We've talked about praising him in the hard times. We talked about praising him for who you are. If you remember that step, the, the ugly, and I, I explained what the ugly meant. And, and we, we learned to praise him for who we are. And now we, we praise him in hopes of the future. See, one of the parts of Christianity is we act in faith of knowing that something better is coming. And that's very hard for us because we are here and now people. We, we, we think if, you know, if rain comes when we're harvesting that maybe God doesn't have, uh, is punishing us or if a drought comes maybe God is punishing us or if something happens, somebody gets sick, what, what do we do wrong? And many times we didn't do anything wrong or if persecution comes to the church, what, what did the church do wrong? Many times the church didn't do anything wrong. It's just we're in a fallen world, and the world does not like anything that has to do with God. And so many people, the saints of the past, and Hebrews chapter 11 talks about that, gives a whole list of saints in the past, and it makes a comment. He says they were commended for their faith, Yet none of them have received what was promised. And what they're saying is, is that the people in the Old Testament, they held on to their faith. They did what God told them to do, even though many of them did not see the completion of the promises that God had. For example, we hold on to the fact that Jesus is coming again, and we act, as if we act like Jesus is coming again. And then, I mean, because we don't know when he's coming again, but we know he's coming, therefore we're going to act that way. I had a thought this morning. As I walked into church, I don't know, I can't remember why I had the thought. But the thought came to my brain is, preach the sermon as if this is your last sermon. You hear that? Preach a sermon as if it's your last sermon. And I wasn't, it wasn't like Jesus is going to take me home. It's like, you know what, preach it as if you know this is your last Sunday here. <laughs> what will you share with them? And so this is what's going to happen today. We're going to we're, we're we're preaching in faith, knowing that someday, as I said last week, we I have to give an account for what it said. And so here's John. He 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 has this vision of heaven. And in those verses, we are now seeing why we praise God. Come on, come on. Here we go. Okay. So back up. Back up. There we go. 
So we praise him for a couple reasons. One is he is God. We praise him for who he is. Now, if you come into the church throughout the week, when I when I finally get onto a scripture passage of, of what I'm going to preach on, I usually go and I, I, I listen to this pastor, I listen to this pastor, I listen to this pastor, I read this commentary, I read this, and I, I get all the information that I can in. And this week I was listening to a pastor, and he made a comment. And it was a, it was a very powerful comment. It's very elementary, but it's com- very powerful. He said, God is God. He is the one that created the heavens and the earth. He is the one that created the universe. He is the one that created all that there is. He created them. And because he is God, he has the right to tell us how we are or are not to live. Because he's God and we are not. We just don't like being told what to do. We want to live our lives our way. But he has that right because he is God. Parents, you know what I mean. We got a lot of little kids in this church, which is great. I mean, uh, the first service has two little babies in it, and, and it's it's so fun in the first service. You know why? Because I have dueling babies in that church. Because one says a comment. This is the middle of the sermon. One says makes a comment, ah, and the other one answers, ah, and the whole service is that way. I love it. I would have twenty. I would rather have twenty-seven loud babies than one snoring adult. I would. It's great, but you know what I mean. As parents, especially as older, we know what it, what it's like when the when the kids become teenagers and everything else, and they're trying to you know, all this other stuff's coming, and you just want to turn around and says, "I am your father. I brought you in this world. I can take you out." And I think about that with in relation to God. I am your father. Do what I say. So we praise Him for who He is. So you look at this passage, and there's so much here to glean. For example, let's go to the first one. After I looked, verse uh, verse 1, after I looked, before me was a door standing open. So the door of heaven is standing open. I love it. You know why? It's not shut. See, if it's shut, you're not welcome in. And God is saying, you are welcome in. I provided a way for you through Jesus Christ. I have opened the door for you. Come on in. You know, um, Forts and castles and everything else all had a door. And you had to go through that door. If they didn't want you, they shut it. If they wanted you, they opened it. And God is saying, I want you. I love that. I love that. God's saying, I want you, Darwin. Let's go back to last week, that ugly Darwin. You had to be here last week to totally understand what I mean by that. That ugly Darwin, I want you. Come on in. I want you to come in and spend eternity with me. I've done probably five or six mission trips in my life. Um, If this church wants to do one, that's fine. I don't know if I can do one again. Uh, It's that emotionally draining when you're in charge of it. But I will tell you, when I was in Mexico or Jamaica or all those other places, you know what I yearned for? To come home. To see my family and friends. That's because you're so far away. Our ultimate home is Jesus. I think we should be yearning for the day 
in which we see Jesus. Okay, so we, we, we go a little further, and he, there's this throne there, and he sees this throne. And he says, um, at once I, I, I heard uh, him speaking to me like a trumpet, come up here, and I will show you what must take place. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was the throne in heaven, and someone sitting on it. So what's a throne? The throne is a sign of, of authority. The king sat on the throne, right? Now, if you're in the military and uh, you're at war, what is the ultimate objective in the war? Don't, don't say winning the war, okay? What's the ultimate? Where do you want to go? You want to go to the capital, right? And so in the Iraqi war, we went to Baghdad, okay? Uh, in uh, World War II, we went to Berlin. Uh, and, or Tokyo. So you always wanted to go to that seat of the government, that where the authority was. So if you think about it, when 9-11 happened, the, the, the terrorists attacked two places. New York City, which is kind of a capital, it's kind of a financial capital, and they also attacked Washington, D.C. They went after the Pentagon. Well, actually, they were going after the White House, but they went after the Pentagon. So if you are... If you're the enemy, you go to Washington, D.C. You want to get to the White House, you want to get to Congress, you want to get to the, and you want to take out that central authority that's there. And so the, that's our throne. And so the, what, he, what Paul, John is saying is, I saw this throne. But more importantly, it was an immovable throne. It means it will never leave. Nothing can ever take that throne away. It will always be there and always will be there, the throne of God. Satan might try to destroy it, but it's never going to move. We as human beings might try to ignore it, but it's going to be there. The throne of God that's in, that will never move. God is ultimately in charge. And so we praise him for that. Because even in the midst of this pandemic, even in the midst of our society that's changing in ways we never expected it ever to change to, even in all this, God is still sovereign and God is still in control. Therefore, we praise him. We praise him. And around that throne was an emerald rainbow, green. Now, I don't think anybody ever seen a green rainbow or even part of the rainbow that is green. So I, 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 I should have looked up what that green meant. But the key to a rainbow is, okay, kids, what's the key to a rainbow? Tell me what it is. God keeps his promises. Thank you, back row. Very good. God keeps his promises. That's what the rainbow is. So when we have rain and the sun comes out, Polly will always do this. So if you ever want to do this, get Polly going. Call her on the phone and say, I see a rainbow, because all, Polly will always run outside and get a picture of the rainbow. She loves rainbows for some reason. And and so she runs outside, looks for it, and then she'll call, Dad, look, there's a rainbow. Yeah, there's a rainbow. Yeah, there's a beautiful rainbow. And she'll always get a picture of it. You'll see it all the time on Facebook. She loves rainbows. Rainbows mean God keeps his promises. So we praise him because God keeps his promises. God says he's go Jesus is going to return. He's going to keep his promises. In Genesis chapter 3, they gave the first promise of Jesus to come. He kept his promises. So Jesus and God keeps his promises. So if you are born again, you're giving your life to Jesus Christ, and you hold on to God, and you do what God wants you to do, and everything else that's found in the scriptures, God keeps his promises. He will reward you. 
I'm not talking about eternal life. We're going to talk about the crowns here a little bit later. But he will reward you. Unfortunately, humanity has taken the rainbow. And we've perverted it. We've perverted God's promise. It's unfortunate. But a rainbow means God keeps his promise. It has nothing to do with someone's sexuality. So then he goes on and says, Surround uh, and the appearance of Jasper and the rainbow shone like amber. Surrounding the throne were 24 elders seated on them, or 24 thrones. I don't know why I keep doing that. 24 thrones and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and crowned. Verse 5 And from the throne came flashes of lightning and rumbling and peals of thunder and four of thrones and lamps with seven, uh, seven lamps. So we praise him because of who he is, and now we got the lightning and the rumbling. What does this mean? God is all-powerful. It talks about the power of God. I love, Polly loves rainbows. I love what becomes before rainbows. I do. My, I, I, my ultimate place that I could ever live is some place that has a lot of wind. And, and I'm talking about powerful wind. Okay? I love thunderstorms, and I love wind. I love the power of it. And if I could, one of my dream vacations is being able to go to the Louisiana coast during a hurricane. I know it's nuts, but I would love to see the power, not not see the aftermath. I I was down in Biloxi, Mississippi after the hurricanes went through. But uh, I would love to see, experience the power of that. I, when the tornado went by my house and missed me by 100 feet, I loved it. Everybody's looking at me, what? I, it was the power of it all. And I, and I heard the crunching of the tree, and I heard the stuff hitting my house. You guys all think I'm nuts. Yeah. That's because I didn't experience any damage. Well, I had a hole in my But it's just the power of it. And so here we have the lightning and the thunder around the throne of God. What it's talking about is God is all-powerful. He can do whatever he wants. But there's also something else there, lightning. That's a symbol of, of judgment, that God is going to judge, but it's the restraining judgment. God could judge this world right now, but he's restraining it right now so that more people can come to know him. Think about that. We praise him because he's not judging us. We praise Him that He's holding it off. But there will be a judgment someday. It will happen. When? I do not know. But it will happen. We praise Him that He's holding that off so that more people can come to a saving knowledge of Him. Because of His open door. So let's go a little further. We also praise Him for the crystal sea. And the crystal sea at verse 6 talks about his glory can be seen throughout the universe. I, I, I would love to show this William Shatner one. There was one scene, and when William Shatner was kind of floating around, I don't know if you saw it or not, but he looked around, he looked back like this. And I could just imagine what he was thinking. It was like, wow. And, and, and God's glory is seen throughout the universe. 
And, and I, I think William Shatner went up, he saw God's glory. Now, someone in the first service made a very good comment. He says, I wish he would have given God the glory. Well, I don't know if he's a Christian or not. But can you imagine going up into space and seeing the glory of God that we never can't see from our earth? Okay, people. Today is Pastor Appreciation. I just want to let you know. If you want to give me $250,000 so I can go on the SpaceX, I'd take it. Right? Yeah. Board, are you here? All in favor, say aye. All opposed, same sign. Nobody cares. Okay. But <laughs> but we think it's going to go down in price, so it might go to $150,000. So you can send me up to space at that time. It depends on if Polly and I had a fight, if they just want to keep the rocket going or not. But to see the glory of God. How beautiful that would be. I did the same thing in the first service. Okay, we're going to go through the next ones pretty quick. Here we go. We praise him because of what he has done. 24 elders are surrounding the throne. I personally believe that the elders symbolize the Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints. There, there's a lot of question on who they are. I, I think it's you had the 12 tribes in the Old Testament and the 12 disciples of the New Testament. That's my opinion what they are. But it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's basically saying from Genesis chapter 3 to Revelation chapter 22, God has been working for the culmination of the age. And so here you have these 24 elders that are sitting on 24 thrones around the throne. And what are they doing? They're dressed in white. White is a symbol symbolizing purity. That means that their, their robes have been, has been washed by the blood of the Lamb. So it's they washed away the stain of sin. They are able to stand before a holy God because their sin has been washed away and salvation has been brought to them. Every one of us who knows Jesus has had our, our, our sins have been washed away by the blood of the, of the Lamb. And when we stand in the presence of Almighty God and see the throne and we recognize where we were headed and now we know where we're, we are going to be at, we're going to be able to do nothing but praise Him. That's why I say when we open up our eyes in heaven for the first time, it's going to be noisy. Because I think these people are just going to go, Wow! This is for me! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you! And we're going to give him praise and honor. They were wearing crowns. Crowns are awards that are given or rewards that are given to Christians based upon what they have and have not done on this earth. Um, shepherding crown, uh, uh, crowns of martyrdom, all those crowns are there. Uh, it's part of what's called the beam of judgment. So when we stand before God, if our, if our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, we will stand before God one more time. There will be given the awards based upon what we have and have not done in this life. This is looking forward, friends. What are we going? God knows and remembers what we have done. Now, what are we going to do with those crowns? We're going to throw them at the feet of Jesus. We're going to give them to Jesus because of what he has done for us. Because it says here that the 24 elders knelt down and they cast their crowns before Christ. So when we get to heaven, as I said, it's going to be a very noisy place. But why is it, what's going to be noisy? You're going to have a lot of creatures up there that are going to be praising God. What do I mean by creatures? First of all, the angels are there. And the angels, let me get to it because I got ahead of myself again. And the angels are screaming, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That's going to be the, the, the cry that we're going to hear 
Polly has a, um, uh, some hummingbird bird feeders at our house. And whenever I see a hummingbird, it reminds me of the angels. Because the angels kind of fly like this, according to scriptures. And that's what hummingbirds do. Okay, so it always reminds me of that. And so I, I, I think of the, and they're just, and they're looking right at me like, mm-hmm, okay, you know, you know. Okay, so you got these cherubim and seraphim, they're flying, and they're screaming out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And the Bible says in verse 9, it says, whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell before him who sits on the throne and worshiped him who lives forever and ever, and they lay their crowns before the throne. And what are they saying? You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor, for you created all things, and by your will you, you were created and have their being. And then verse 13, I love this one, says, this is chapter, yeah, chapter 5, verse 13, it says, And then I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth, and under the earth, and in the sea, and all its in them say, to him who sits on the throne, to the Lamb, be praise, honor, glory, power forever and ever. Every living creature. I'll, I'll say this now. The only one that's here that was in the first service was Polly and Dave. Walked into the first service, and here was this spider that was at least this big. It was big and ugly. Okay, actually, it was probably about this big. And I, first thing I looked at, he says, well, I better get that out of here because if Polly comes in here, he's a dead dog. And, and I just don't like killing things anymore. Maybe it's because I'm getting old. So I went and got a little Kleenex, picked him up. And I said, little spider, you're, you're safe. I threw him outside. Even that ugly spider is going to praise the Lord. Even that ugly spider is going to praise the Lord. I think it's amazing. These human beings that walk around and say, I'm not going to worship God. He's not going to tell me. I always think of, I always want to say, you will. You will. So we praise Him. And we praise Him. How do we praise him? Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty. Early in the morning our song shall rise to Holy, holy, holy. Merciful and mighty. God in Blessed Trinity. We're going to worship you. Let's pray. Father, we give you praise, honor, and glory. You are worthy to be praised. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.